It is October 25th, 2019, which puts us just eight days away from Ironman Panama City, Florida. So what's going on, guys? Nick Bear, owner of Bear Performance Nutrition, host of the Bear Performance Podcast. I want to welcome you to the episode, which is just one week out from the Ironman. And uh, man, it feels crazy. It feels crazy to be saying that. I know I've said that a bunch of times on different platforms, but these past like couple months of training have literally flown by. Like I feel like I I missed an entire Texas summer because of of how fast it went. Like the focus, the investment, the mental, uh, physical discipline investment, which I'll talk about later, has been so in tune uh, during this entire prep that. It just flew by, um, and I was just so focused on on the training itself. Now, like since I I committed to this Ironman, which was uh, you know May June timeframe, my my entire focus was training and just training and accomplishing the workouts um, and having a purpose behind every workout and not even really thinking about the race, like just training. But now that I'm in the taper, um. I have like flipped that switch, that transition from focusing on training, which is now focused on the race itself. And um, I'm so, so excited that I, it's, it's a hard feeling to describe. It, it really is. Like, um, you know, when, when you flip that switch from being fo- focused, so focused on training itself to the race day itself, uh, you start getting these little butterflies moving around in your stomach. You know, like butterflies of excitement to to jump in the water. And once I jump in that water, I know I have, you know, between 12 and maybe 14 hours uh, of pacing myself for the race. So what we're going to do today is we're going to talk about um, everything one week out from the Ironman because I am in the taper. So like the way the taper is built is um, training like volume increases over time to push myself to get better to overreach a little bit to get more conditioned, and then before a race, you taper. So you decrease volume, you decrease intensity, you kind of rest up, and and that when you're going into race day, you are 100%. Now, the taper that was built into my my half Ironman assessment a few months ago, uh, the taper and the platform we use is called Team Trainiac for uh, triathlon programming because this being my first triathlon, there's no way I was going to program this myself. No, No clue where to start. Uh, so I teamed up with Team Trainiac, been using their triathlon platform, and um, the taper we implemented moving into the half Ironman was great. Like I did that half Ironman at 70.3 uh, on my own assessment, and that taper moved me into the race feeling great. And I know and I trust that this taper moving me into the full Ironman uh, would be just as good. Like I feel fresh right now. Yesterday, uh, I did a, a one-hour run on the treadmill. Just did it, did it on the treadmill here in the warehouse, um, and I finished that one-hour run walking off, like heart rate low, uh, you know, zone two, and just feeling fresh. It's the only way to describe it. I feel fresh right now. However, crazy thing, uh, I have not experienced any injuries during this entire prep. Like nothing, no shin splints. Uh, nothing calf related or hamstring or or quad related. Been very very fortunate. But yesterday, as I was stepping off the treadmill, 
I like slipped and I tripped and I rolled my ankle. And as soon as I rolled my ankle, I jumped to the ground and just like before I stood up, I was thinking, no fucking way I just turn my ankle and sprain it where I can't do this. Uh, because I've I've twisted ankles before and I I've landed on this one where I hear a like a little crunch. I was like, oh shit. So I stood up, walked it off a little bit, it was it was good hundred percent. But as soon as I twisted it, I went to the ground and I was just thinking, you gotta be kidding me. Like at that point, nine days out from this race and I'm gonna hurt myself. But uh we're good. We're good to go. Knock on wood that these next uh next eight days will be solid uh, and no injuries to come. If I get injured on the course, you know, so be it. But I'm going to suck it up and drive through that. Uh, I just want to start this this course and this race feeling fresh. So like I said, Taper uh, has officially started. Um, tomorrow is my last brick workout. So I have an 80-minute bike ride. And then I have a 15-minute uh, a run immediately after that. And then on Wednesday... We hop in the truck, we drive from Texas to Florida, and I'm getting situated. So we'll get to Florida probably uh, either late Wednesday or early Thursday. And then I have a few days that I can train in Florida, get acclimated to everything there, get settled in. I don't want to feel rushed. Like I don't want to get to Florida on Friday and then race Saturday. I want to give myself a few days at least to just get set up and get ready. So we get there, you know, Wednesday night, Thursday morning. I have a few days, just do some training sessions in Florida uh, and just get settled in for the race day, Saturday, November 2nd. Um, so I want to talk about my game plan, my nutrition plan. I've talked about this one uh, in YouTube videos and I mentioned some things on Instagram, but, you know, the nutrition plan on race day, and I'm a newbie, right? This is my first triathlon, but I know the importance. I understand the importance of of race day nutrition, especially in a full Ironman, that it will make or break you. Like if you have a, a shitty nutrition plan, uh, your race can go to absolute garbage. If you have a solid nutrition plan, well, that can carry you through for the race. Like you, you got to think like your body will be using up all the glycogen stores that you have in your muscles, in your liver. You will be fueling throughout the course. You'll be providing it like glucose and dextrose. Uh, simple carbohydrates, but like your body will be will be expending and burning more calories than you can consume because you're you know the amount of the amount of not intensity necessarily, but the volume and duration of training during a full Ironman is ridiculous. Two point four mile swim, hundred twelve mile bike, and a twenty six point two mile run. Now I was watching uh, some of Lionel Sanders' videos this past week. I've been following him for past couple months since I started doing Ironman stuff. He's a professional triathlete and um, experienced, obviously very experienced. But on his, uh, his last Ironman, his nutrition plan went out the window and he bonked pretty hard. Like he was feeling like garbage. Now he still had a, a good time. I think his time was still like eight hours and like 30 minutes or something like that around there. But he would have done better, but he, he was throwing up on the course. He couldn't get uh, nutrition in. He was dehydrated. Everything that went out the window. So the importance and emphasis of having a solid nutrition plan on race day, man, that's like night and day. Like you need it. Um, so my nutrition plan is that I'm going to wake up and consume my, my first meal four hours before the race starts. So I'll probably have like some, some eggs, a 
an English muffin with some jam or jelly on it. Um, and I'm going to try to get maybe some like oatmeal in there as well too, some slow digesting carbohydrate sources, some, some complex carbs. And I'm going to do a, uh, it's a hyperhydration pack. And it has like, I think it has 1,700 milligrams of sodium in there with other electrolytes. Uh, but uh, it's a very concentrated form of electrolyte powder that I will take four hours before the race. And then I'm just going to kind of chill, keep my feet up, sip on some like light electrolyte drinks uh, from then until when I have, I have to leave the house for the Ironman itself just to like stay busy, stay off my feet, but just like to get my mind right, get mentally set uh, for what I'm about to endure. And then right before I, I go out for the swim, I'm going to consume a goo. So a goo is like, you know, it's a gel, um, gel-based fuel that I used to use on marathons. Um, and I'm going to consume one of those, which is about 20 grams of carbs and uh, like 50 milligrams of sodium, maybe some caffeine. Some of them have like 10 to 15 milligrams of caffeine. So I'll eat one of those. As soon as I'm done with the swim, um, I'm going to hop out, get another goo in me during transition. So another 20 grams of carbs, a little bit of sodium, uh, and then through transition onto the bike, when I get on the bike, my goal is between, it's going to be about 60 grams of carbs every hour with a 1,000 milligrams of sodium. So that is in combination with goose, with field bars, the BPN field bars I'm going to carry on my kit, um, a carbohydrate-based powder with electrolytes in there in my water bottles. And with the combination of that, about 60 grams of carbs, 1,000 milligrams of sodium every hour I'm on the bike. And then from the transition from the bike to the run, when I get on the run, uh, my fuel source that I'm only carrying with me is going to be electrolytes. Uh, so it's called base performance, where I'm going to carry it in my hand, and every like 20 minutes I'm going to pop it. And so it's like it's a little vial with um, salt, electrolytes. So you lick your thumb. You put your thumb over the, the opening of the, the tube, the vial. You shake it. The salt and electrolytes goes on your thumb. And then you lick your thumb, close the, the little vial, and then every 20 minutes you hit that. Uh, and then on the course, there's a lot of stations where I'll stop and get my, my fluids, my hydration, or if I need something else. And that is the plan, the nutrition plan, from start to finish. So my goal, like my personal goal, is around 12 hours to finish. Um, but to be honest, like who knows, uh, because this, this being my first triathlon, you know, first Ironman, obviously, um, a lot can change, but the goal is to, to pace, right? Like you've, you've obviously heard the, the analogy. This is not a sprint. This is a marathon. Well, this isn't a marathon. This is an Ironman. So like pacing is super important. You don't want to burn out as soon as you start. Like you don't want to start hard and intense, where at the end, you're just like, there's nothing left. You've burned up all your fuel stores. This is a strategic race where you have to consciously pace yourself throughout, implementing nutrition and hydration and electrolytes where you can and where you should so that you are ready and prepared to finish that race at an appropriate time. Uh, like for me, about 12 hours, uh, maybe maybe better, maybe worse, but, but we'll see. Uh, but that, that's my goal. That's my personal goal for it. Uh, so that's nutrition plan. That's race day game plan. Uh, I will give a huge shout out, man. I will huge shout out to Roca. So Roca is the company that has supplied, not supplied, but I have bought personally my wetsuit from, 
my tri suit from, my goggles, my sunglasses, my swim cap, um, a lot of my triathlon stuff I have bought from the Roka website because it's really high quality stuff. Well, the the Roka co-founder reached out to me on Instagram, and um, he offered to let me use his aero wheels for the bike. So I was like, absolutely. I, I greatly appreciate that. So I picked those up yesterday. I dropped them off at the bike shop where they're doing their their maintenance on my bike right now. So my bike's just getting like a tune-up uh, by Blur Cycle Works here in Round Rock before race day. Uh, so those aero wheels are getting put in my bike right now, which are supposed to dramatically improve speed. Uh, but the only issue with them is the, I guess the inside is a little thicker. So there's, there's more... There's more surface area on the wheel. And if there is like a high wind day or like the winds are crazy, well, because there's more surface area on those wheels, even though they're lighter and faster, that wind can like almost throw you off the bike. So I'm getting those aero wheels that the Roka guys are letting me borrow installed on the bike. I'm picking the bike up today. I'm taking it out for a ride tomorrow morning just to test it, to make sure everything rides smoothly. And I know what I'm doing um, because the, the reason I had to take it to the bike shop is they have to put a different brake caliber on the bike to apply to those wheels. Now, I am taking the aero wheels and I'm taking my regular just like spoke wheels with me to the race um, just for a backup if I need something. And the bike guys are going to teach me how to, uh, how to change out the brake calibers if I need to switch wheels on race day. Uh, but I have like all these contingency, contingency plans for like the swim. Like I have my wetsuit uh, and if, if the water temperature is too warm, well, we can't wear wetsuits and I have a contingency plan for that. I have a contingency plan for the bike, for the wheels. Uh, I have extra tri suits going with me. Um, I have like a bunch of different contingency plans depending on weather of, of race day and, and how I'm feeling. So I'm prepared in that aspect. Now, I will tell you, like, throughout training and being in tune with my body and, and prepared for what I'm about to endure, like, I know there's going to be a point, obviously, where it fucking hurts. But that's good. That's what I want. That's what, that's what I'm striving for, right? And uh, I know it's going to come. But the, the, the intent of all of this training, the intent of having a strategic plan and nutrition plan and pacing yourself is because I want to know roughly where that point is where my body has almost hit 100% and I have to flip that switch mentally and just drive, you know, drive the bus, if you will. So, like, for the, for the swim, taking it slow and pacing, conserving energy. On the bike, um, conserving energy, but getting your nutrition in and moving as fast and efficiently and as optimally as possible now, my expectations are the first 13 miles of the run, I think I will feel pretty smooth. I don't want to say I'm just going to be coasting, chilling. It's going to be difficult still, but I think the first 13 miles will feel okay. And I think the last 13 miles are where it's going to hurt. That's where my body is almost going to hit that, okay, we've, we've done all we can for you. Now you need to flip that switch mentally and drive the bus like I said, uh, the rest of the way, that finish line. And that, man, that is where you are tested, right? Like that, that is the moment where that's why I'm doing this. That's why I signed up for this race. 
That's why I do things physically and, and, uh, and mentally like this. Like, that's why I love these aspects of fitness. There's, there's parts that are just going, I don't want to say going through the rhythm, but the swim has been described to me as the swim is almost like the mandatory, mandatory transportation to get to the race. That's the way my coaches describe the swim to me. The swim is the mandatory transportation to arrive to the race, which starts at the bike. And on the bike, I am trying to hold a pace, conserve energy, and get my nutrition in, my fuel. But when I get to the run, man, that is where, that's, that's my baby. I love running. I thoroughly enjoy everything about running. And that's where I know one of my strengths is. And I know that's where it's going to hurt, but I know that's also where I thrive. I thrive in that feeling of, okay, well, here comes the pain. And what am I going to do to drive through it? And I just, I can't describe exactly why, but I can tell you I love and live for that feeling. I don't think for the rest of my life I will be able to go a year without putting my body through that feeling or that experience ever again. And I think, you know, it's, I think I best described it as I got that little taste when I was in the military. It probably all stemmed from like going to ranger school. Like you get that little taste of being beat down and, and you're sucking, but you have to. There's no other option other than to drive through it. And when I got that little taste, I, I wanted that. It's almost like an addict. I wanted that taste again. I wanted that feeling again, and I want that feeling. I need that feeling at least every year, whether it's a 100-mile ruck march uh, or whether it is uh, an Ironman or maybe an ultra marathon next. You know, who knows what it's going to be, but I, I need these things because they, they keep me running. It's like the oil to a machine. I need it to keep running because it fuels me physically and mentally. And this Ironman prep is, I think the best way to describe it, it's an investment. It has been an investment in myself personally. And like I said in the beginning, the, the focus throughout all of training was not race day. The focus was training, you know, respecting the process. I love, I love that term and that saying, respecting the process. Everyone will talk about enjoying the process, but that's easier said than done. Sometimes things suck. Sometimes things hurt. But the process, which, which is necessary, gets you to the end result. And if you respect the process, if you go in, into it knowing I need to respect this process, I might not enjoy it, but I have to respect it. Well, that's the mindset that's going to carry you through. I guarantee it. Like that's my mindset in a lot of things. During training, I wasn't thinking, you know, there's light at the end of the tunnel and that's race day. No, I was thinking I have to respect this process to get me to deserve to do this race. And that's what these past couple of months have been. It's been an investment of, of respecting the process. That's something I think a lot of people don't understand or appreciate enough is for you to accomplish anything big, anything worth talking about, there has to be some sort of investment involved. That investment is either money, time, resources, or sacrifices. It can be any of those things. Sometimes it's all of those things. And most of the time, it's all of those things. Like I have spent months on multiple different things, investing 
and going all in to see something through and in, in, in success, whether that be my business, whether that's fitness, whether that's this book I'm writing right now, whether that's my time in the military, during all these things, there have been times of investment, money, time, resources, sacrifices. They're necessary to get you from point A to point B. But a lot of times, people don't want to make these investments. A lot of people, time, people don't want to spend money. They don't want to spend time or sacrifice time or sacrifice luxuries to take you from point A to point B. So instead of reaching this massive goal you have or this massive objective end result where you want to be, well, because you realize the investment you have to make, you realize the time, the money you have to spend, the luxuries you have to sacrifice. Well, a lot of times people take their goal from being massive down a step and then down a step and down a step. And before you know it, your goals are gone and have been diminished and you're right where you started and you're not going anywhere because you're not willing to make that investment. I will tell you, it is a lot easier and you've probably heard it, but it is, it is spot on and true. Talk is easier than actually doing than actually taking action. Anyone can say, and here's a clear example. I posted a, uh, a picture on Instagram yesterday. It's a giveaway for a Garmin 735 watch, the same one I use. And to enter, you had to comment what you would use that watch for, why you need that watch. Are you training for something? Like, what is it you're training for? And a lot of people commented saying, want to train for an Ironman or a full marathon or an ultra marathon. And the truth is, most of those people that have commented will not ever do the thing that they, they wrote down. A lot of people won't train for the Ironman. They won't train for a marathon. They won't train for an ultra whatever it is, because they don't want to make the investment. Once you actually realize, okay, there's a massive investment required, not necessarily just money, not necessarily just time, not necessarily just sacrifices, all of those things. Once people realize the investment required, they decide they don't want to do it anymore because it's hard, because it takes action. So a lot of times people saying they're going to do something or talking about doing something it's a lot easier. It's a lot less of investment. There's no investment than actually doing it. You know, and that is, that is why I never use the word grind or hustle. And I talk about this in my book. And um, I, those, those words have just never resonated with me. Like, I think the word grind and the word hustle, is, the, the reason it turns me off is because it's used by so many people that are just talking about the grind and the hustle. They're not actually doing it. They're not actually working or trying to achieve. Just because you go to the gym once, just because you go for one six-mile run and you're on the grind life or you're on the hustle life, that doesn't mean shit. Who cares if you're, t if you're talking about how much hard you're grinding and how hard you're hustling? No one fucking cares. It's all about what you're actually doing. And to me, those two words, personally equate to working without passion. And maybe it's because as soon as I transitioned out of college and into the military, when those two words really started becoming like really prevalent all over the internet, everyone was talking about grinding and hustling. 
And during that time when they started to become very popular, that's when I went active duty in the military. And I was working with these, these soldiers, these non-commissioned officers, these soldiers who have been in service for you know, 10 plus years, working their asses off every single day. Like my NCOs that I worked with, my soldiers I worked with, hardest working people I've ever experienced. Not one day did they ever talk about the grind or the hustle. Never. They just did what they had to do. They did their job and they did it 100% of the time. Like all the NCOs in my, my platoon never talked about the grind or hustle. They just did what they had to do. And they gave 100% at everything they did do. And that really resonated with me. It wasn't like talking about doing it. It wasn't talking about what they were going to do or how hard they were going to work or who they were going to change or how are they going to change it. They just fucking did it. And watching them, watching the NCOs, watching the soldiers just do it and not talk about it, that forever resonated with me. And I will always remember that. And that's why I put it in my book because it's that important. So we are one week out from the Ironman Cannot wait. Uh, man, I can't even describe to you like the, the feeling. Like, I wake up every morning just like hungry for it. Just like exciting for it, excited for it. Uh, two days ago, two nights ago actually, we'll end it with this. Two nights ago, I was falling asleep. And I fell asleep before Steph. Uh, and apparently she, she told me in the morning that when I fell asleep, I kept saying the word swim, swim, swim in my sleep. Uh, because that night I went to the lake and I, I swam for about an hour uh, and it was just on my mind. It was just in my mind. So even when I'm sleeping, uh, I'm dreaming about this this triathlon. I'm dreaming about this race. I'm dreaming about doing the best I can do. And it's coming out like subconsciously in my dreams. So that's the episode. One week out from the Ironman. Hope you guys enjoyed it. I have greatly appreciated the support uh, throughout this entire series. And we'll see you in the next episode.